You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Hope you guys are enjoying some quality family time this weekend. Or perhaps you are just taking the weekend to get something done around your house and you need a little help. One way or the other, we are here to get that done for you. The number is one Money Pit. Go to the phone, call us, help yourself first, Ask us your home improvement question. Ask us your do-it-yourself dilemma. Try to challenge us. Let's give us a really tough question. What the, what the heck? We can live dangerously. <laughs> How bad could it be? Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT with that one problem that you have with your health that no one's been able to solve. We will get it done for you. The number is 888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974, because we love doing just that. We've got a great show planned for you coming up this hour. This is usually about the time time of year when you grow pretty tired of paying the water bill just to keep your lawn looking lush, right? Well, it doesn't have to be that way if you have drought-resistant grass. It's easy to add to your existing lawn and have it convert all kind of by itself. We'll tell you how to do just that in just a bit. And also, if you've noticed the temperature in your home getting hotter and hotter, even though you're turning the thermostat cooler and cooler, that's a sign that you might need a new air conditioner. But there are other signs that point to an inefficient air conditioning system that may not be as obvious. We're going to tell you what to look for. Plus, staying cool this summer doesn't always have to include replacing your AC system. There are lots of low-cost to even no-cost ways to stay comfortable, and we'll highlight those in just a bit. <laughs> it's brainwashing and sitting on an ice cube. <laughs> also this hour, do you have trouble waking up in the morning? One lucky caller is going to get a Sonic Bomb alarm clock from Sonic Alert. Get this, guys. It's going to shake you out of bed in the morning. <laughs> it's crazy. It's great for all of you non-morning types out there. And of course, for the hearing impaired, it's worth 50 bucks and the scare of your life. <laughs> Going to go out to one person that reaches us with their home improvement question. So pick up the phone. Let's get to it. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Now we've got Jed in New York on the line, who's doing a tiling project and needs help with the process. How can we help you? I'm building a house in upstate New York, um, and I just had a question about how or what you guys would suggest a way to adhere tile, like for a shower surround or like in back of a tub. Um, I've been to a couple, a couple of different stores, um, and I've gotten a couple of different answers. Like they have basically the cement backer board, and then they have like a composite material. And I didn't know if you guys were familiar with either one of them or had a preference or a suggestion for me. You're dealing with open bays. This is brand new construction. Nothing is on that wall as of yet. No, I haven't got that far yet. I'm just starting to look at everything, and I know that I want to put in tile in the bathroom, and I'm just starting to 
piece everything together. When you do a tiling project, your tiles, yes, are water resistant, but the grout lines, you know, will suck water in and through. So you want to make sure that whatever is behind there will do its best to, you know, withstand from mold growth and any other issues that might happen as the water does seep through the grout lines. Okay. Do you guys have like a suggestion of what you would recommend doing? Like, is there a certain barrier that I can put behind the tile or anything like that? So I would stick with a standard tile backer. When you're, when you're doing, dealing with new construction, that's the best way to do it. I mean, in the old days, we used to put wire mesh in a mud wall, and that would last for 100 or more years. But today, the tile backers do a pretty good job. So especially if you're starting with studs, I would definitely build it up with the tile backer. I would not use a composite drywall because it just doesn't last that long. It's very popular with builders because it gives them an inexpensive way to be able to deliver a tiled shower. But invariably, after about 10 years, it starts to soften and rot, and you end up having to tear it all out anyway. Okay, well, that's great. That helps me out so much. I can't even tell you guys. So at least I got my step. Now I just got to pick out all the colors and all that wonderful stuff. All right, well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Now we've got Mary from South Dakota on the line, whose kitchen is just cracking up and running away. What's going on with this granite? Well, I always thought this it was a pretty sturdy stone, but I noticed we've been living in this house. We built it in 2006, April 2006. And uh, I noticed the other day when I went to clean off the countertop, I thought there's a crack there. And the granite uh, piece is probably about two feet by six feet, and this is at the right-hand side. It's about 10 inches from the corner. Okay. And the crack is probably about 20 inches, 10 inches long, and it's a crooked crack. And it's just a very, very slight elevation on one side of it. And I didn't think, I didn't know if granite really cracked. You know, I, I'm, I'm confused. A crooked crack. That's the worst kind. Well, the thing is, granite is going to crack if it's not supported well. So there may yeah, be. Yeah, I wonder some... if there's been some movement with a lower cabinet. Right. It could be structural movement in the floor. It could be movement in the cabinet. Maybe it wasn't set right to begin with. But if it's not held solidly, it doesn't bend. And so what you're seeing is the result of that. Um, I'm wondering if, is it open enough where you want to seal it with something or you just want to live with it? If you could, if you could seal it, um, you probably would use a silicone for that. But you have to do it very carefully, or it's going to spill out all over the surface. So what you're going to do is have a very, very small opening to the caulk tube, and squirt just enough to flow into the crack, and then let it dry really, really well. Walk away, let it dry. Don't touch it. Don't try to wipe it. And then if there's anything extra that gets on top, you can use like a razor blade and cut it just away. It'll be, slice it'll be kind it of, off. Be like rubbery. Nope, not really, um, th- because usually it's, if it's going to crack, it happens when it's first installed. But if you get past the installation, I've never heard of it cracking after the fact. So, mm-hmm. I, so I suspect something moved, and uh, you know that's what happens. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in your home repair or your home improvement question 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Just dial 888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, making sure your lawn is nice and green and healthy doesn't have to mean a high water bill. We're going to tell you about drought-resistant grass that needs a lot less water after this. 
I'll take a ways to lose money, 1,000. This phrase for a house that keeps needing costly repairs is also the name of a home improvement radio show. Alex. What is a money pit? Good. Hey, 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 money pit. Wood staining projects in just one day with new flood one coat waterproofing finish. Better yet, let us do it for you. If you win the take it easy sweepstakes, we will. No purchase necessary. See flood.com for official rules and to enter. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And the number here at Team Money Pit is 888-MONEY-PIT. Now, one caller this hour is really going to get a surefire way to wake up in the morning, especially if you are not a morning person. It's the super loud Sonic Boom alarm clock from Sonic Alert. Now, besides having a super loud alarm on it, it will actually shake your bed until it shakes you off of the bed practically and onto the floor thus waking you up. So really, no more <laughs> excuses, guys. Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT for help with your home improvement project and your chance to win. 888-666-3974. Bill in Florida needs some help with a new home. How can we help you with that? My brother-in-law purchased a home, lived in by a smoker of 13 years, a heavy smoker, inundated the home with uh, considerably with the smoke and uh, we had mentioned some options to him, which was kills, take out the rug, and sanitize his ductwork. Well, he's done two of those three things, except for the sanitation of the ductwork, the vent system, and there's still preponderance of uh, smell in there. And I was just wondering, are there any other mitigating things that we haven't considered that we could provide to him to help him out? Did you do anything to the subfloor that was underneath the padding? He did nothing to the subfloor. I know that for a fact. Okay, it would be a very good idea to prime that. He's not a man of means, so uh, to pull the rug up and put it back down is probably not going to be an option for him. Are you sure that filters have been changed in the ductwork and in the cooling system itself? Okay, I I know the filters have been changed because I changed them myself when I showed them to him. Um, He has not had the ductwork cleaned, and one of the recommendations we're making is uh, that he hires someone to get in there and clean it. And when you take out the big uh, intake vent... There's just yellow corrosion all around that foam as it leads up into the roof of the of, of the property. So I've recommended that he might want to have that foam pulled out. But, again, uh, depending on the expense, I don't know if he can do that. Is that something you guys would recommend? Well, here's another step that you could take in the meanwhile, and that is that 3M has a filter that just came out on the market that is a carbon-based filter. So it's designed to not only filter the air in terms of dust particles, but it's also designed to remove odors from the air. So you might want to think about replacing the HVAC filters with the 3M Filtrate uh, odor reduction filters. Uh, the carbon in there is pretty significant. It's about five or six times more than what uh, the the nearest competitor has. It really is quite a lot, and I think it might help a little bit uh, in this case. Cleaning the ducts when they're that dirty and that gross is going to be probably a good move, but you might just want to replace the filter with one that's designed to absorb odor in the meantime. Well, I appreciate the assistance. We'll uh, we'll try the uh, the filters, and we'll just go from there. Try the filter. It's not very expensive, and uh, you know it's probably twenty five, thirty dollars, and it'd be worth a shot. Okay. Hey, thanks for your time, guys. Good show. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit.
Well, using tons of water on your lawn to keep it green can really take its toll on your wallet and on the water supply. In fact, it's been estimated the demand for water has increased more than three times in just the last 50 years, and it's going to keep increasing in the decades ahead. Now, the good news is that researchers are working on new types of grass that can survive on reduced or limited water while still maintaining its health. It's called drought-resistant grass, and it is literally growing in popularity. I like that growing in popularity. Now, the Turfgrass Water Conservation Alliance, or the TWCA, they're an organization that's aimed at saving billions of gallons of water each year. And one key way that the TWCA serves homeowners is by actually testing plants, grasses, and shrubs, and really anything in your yard that claim to save on watering, and then give their stamp of approval to products that actually meet their stringent criteria. Now, by using TWCA-endorsed products, you can actually save time and money while also helping to conserve resources. If you want to learn more, just Google Money Pit Drought Resistant Grass and you'll find out a ton of information there and you can start helping the planet today. And if you've got a landscaping project planned, pick up the phone and call us. We would be happy to help you take that first step. The number is one eight 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 money pit Nancy in Arizona is on the line with a roofing question. How can we help you today? We just got a new roof put on our house, um, okay. and it's a two-ply peel-and-stick modified bitumen roof. Yes. And the guys came in and laid the sheets down and then rolled a big, heavy 100-pound roller over it to adhese the two mm-hmm. sides. Mm-hmm. But yep. we earlier, what they took off our roof was a five-ply tar and... and uh, Gravel? A five-ply roof. And we understand it was like an industrial roof almost right, on our right. house. Yeah. And my husband and I are wondering if we're looking at half of the roof that we used to have or if it's a good one because they keep bragging about the new technology and how good everything is. But, you know, we get up there and we look at it and we're looking at this teeny tiny little almost immeasurable amount of roofing product on our roof and we're just yeah. wondering. Yeah, well, it is kind of the lightweight version. Now, the reason you had to have five plies is because you needed five plies for it to be waterproof. I mean, five-ply roof is like five plies of tar paper with tar in between. But a modified bitumen roof is a uh, combination roof that actually has... Um, sort of a rubberized quality to it that makes it very, very durable and very UV resistant. So you just don't need to put multiple plies of that. You would never take that and put multiple layers. You would install it just the way you described. So I think it was probably a good choice. But of course, only time will tell. As long as the workmanship was done well, then you should have no worries about that. And that's kind of under question at this point. But let me throw this in. They came back over because we were a little unhappy, and they sprayed on two coats of that, you know, what, snow roof kind of stuff on there. Uh, and they told us that it was going to help seal it and help bond it and help reflect the sun because, as you might or might not know, it gets really hot here in Phoenix. I've heard that. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a rumor, but it's true. Did, did, and, they, did um, they put a, was it sort of like a gray-like, silver-like kind of? Yes, it's, it's, it's almost polar white actually yeah. up there now, yeah. blinding. And um, we're really hoping that that hangs in. So, well, that that there used to be a product called fibrous aluminum that, that would paint on roofs that did the same thing. So those white coatings are not a bad idea as long as the coating is designed to work with the modified bitumen roof, you know, as long as they're comparable and compatible. 
Um, so what they did does not sound like it, it's uh, the wrong thing to do, as long as they use products that are designed to work together. And secondly, again, as long as the workmanship was done well, that means that it's sealed properly around the flashing, where the pipes come through the roof, if you've got any types of... Uh, of uh, curb walls or knee walls or anything like that, as long as that was installed correctly, those all of those joints, that's where the rubber hits the road. If that's not really done well, uh, when you do eventually get some rain there in Phoenix, Arizona, um, <laughs> you'll find out about it. Well, usually when we get it, we get a lot of it. So yeah. we'll find out. You know out. what? You can always go up there with a hose and test it out. Well, we could. That's a good idea. I hadn't you know? thought of that. Yeah, give that's it, a, give it a shot. Yeah, it's not a very green thing to do, but before the roofers get sort of uh, too far out of mind, Right, uh, you right. could go up there and give it a shot. Yeah, give it a try. Well, okay. thanks. Thanks so much. You're welcome, Nancy. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. All right, now we've got Lynn from New Jersey on the line who's dealing with a rust stain. Tell us about it. Hi, I have a uh, marble windowsill in my bathroom in the tub shower, and I had a razor on it, and it rusted. It made a spot about the size of a quarter. Oh, and well, wasn't, wasn't your husband shaving or what? That was me. It was her. <laughs> Girls shave in the shower. Boys do not. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Lynn, let me guess. It's like a white Carrera marble, too. Yes, it's, uh, the house was built in the early 50s, so it's the kind that it would use as saddles, too, for the doorway mm-hmm. and the windowsill. And how old is this rusting? Is it fairly new? Yes, it's uh, just a few weeks. Okay, because the newer, the better. The longer it sits there, the more chance oh. it gets to sort of permeate into the marble since it's so porous. Right. Um, and generally with marble, because it, it's a hard natural surface, but it's softer than, say, a granite, and it leaves it a, a little bit more vulnerable, so you have to be really careful. Um, and here's a tip with your can of shaving cream. Take clear nail polish and paint the bottom of it. Okay. When you first get it. This way, when the bottom of the you know shaving cream can gets wet and it sits on the marble, it won't form a rust ring because it'll be sealed with the nail polish. Okay. See, these are so things just, that guys would just never think of. It's because, a girl thing. <laughs> first of all, we wouldn't have the nail polish. Exactly. Well, you might, but that's a pantyhose thing. Never we mind. just let it rust. <laughs> but, Lynn, what you really need to do is you need sort of, you know, not something that's super abrasive, but you need a, a a rougher liquid type of cleanser that you kind of have to create. And when you're dealing with marbles, it's called a poultice or poultice. I can never say it. Um, but you can make it out of a, a variety of things. And you want it to be kind of thick. And you can use something called kaolin or fuller's earth or diametaceous earth. And these are things that you would find if you ever went for a facial because they absorb oil or, in this case, stains out of a porous surface you know like your skin and if you google search them you can you know they're not expensive you can buy them at a bunch of different places because they're sort of meant for the beauty industry most of them are all natural and then what you want to do is sort of mix it with water till it gets to you know like the consistency of peanut butter and then you want to spread it on the stain to about a thickness of a quarter to a half of an inch you know with a wood or a plastic spatula and then you cover it with like um white paper towel or in this case a gauze pad something that would absorb the stain up through this poultice and then into that piece of fabric or whatever it might be okay and then let it sit there covered for like a day or two okay and you know it it should draw out the stain of course if it's a rust stain and it's been there a while it could just be permanent but because you're dealing with a light marble and a lot of these are skin lightening products as well you're not going to have you should not i should say have a discoloration but that should do the trick Okay. And next time, just be careful. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. 
You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, if the inside of your house is as muggy and warm and just plain yucky as it is outside, even if you've got your AC cranking, it might be time to invest in a new air conditioner. We're going to have an expert from the government's Energy Star program joining us to explain what you should look for next. Home Solutions Live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, have you noticed that your home may be getting hotter and hotter even though you're turning the thermostat down lower and lower? That's one huge clue that you might need a new air conditioning system or perhaps some other energy efficiency tweaks in your house. The other clues, however, may not be quite that obvious. That's right. And if you do need a new system, do you know how to get one that can get the job done, but not set you back an arm and a leg in the process? We are joined today by Abigail Dakin, the product manager for Energy Star. Welcome, Abigail. Hi, glad to be here. It is the season when uh, we're cranking up those air conditioners. And then, of course, uh, about a month later, we start to get the unfortunate energy bills that result. How can we uh, keep those costs in line, but still uh, not give up our creature comforts? The first thing you can do is make sure that your home is holding the heat out. And you can do that by looking at sealing and insulating your home. A lot of utilities have programs, like your electric company may have a program where you can get an energy audit and an auditor can come to your house free or for a reduced cost to find out where your home is leaking energy. And then that's your money, of course. Yeah, and that really is helpful because you know exactly then where to put the money so that you'll get the biggest bang for your buck. Right. One of the things that I think um, homeowners can become victims of is every contractor that sometimes walks in the door wants to sell you their own personal solution. So I guess if you're in the air conditioning business, you're going to sell folks new air conditioners. And if you're in the insulation business, you're going to sell folks insulation. The nice thing about the energy audit, though, is you really get to narrow down where the energy loss truly exists. And then you can address that and have some priorities in terms of what you do first, second and third, right? Right. And those auditors actually um, will usually set up a list of things you can do, how much it will cost and how much it's likely to save you. So you get a sense of the capital outlay and also what, what it will show up on your electric bill as a result. Now, let's talk about air conditioning systems as we kick them on. Perhaps if we're thinking about uh, getting a new one this season, aside from looking for the Energy Star label, what else should consumers be mindful of as they shop for new cooling systems for their homes? Well, the first thing you should do is find an excellent contractor in your area. And um, the best resource for that are going to be your friends and neighbors. And so get some recommendations. Find people who you feel like you can trust because uh, heating and cooling systems are not simple. And as they get more efficient, that you get the best efficiency by getting one that's just right for your home. And it's the contractor who really knows how to do that. In addition, a contractor can help you keep the air conditioning system, your existing one, running well and efficiently, keeping you comfortable and also saving you money. Um, And they can also keep your new system running well. If you think about it, when you get a new system, it's, it's a substantial chunk of change. And you wouldn't consider not getting maintenance on something else that expensive. It's not as expensive as a car, but it's a similar idea that you're putting in a lot of money. It makes a big difference to your comfort. And 
like a car, you give it maintenance even if it's not broken, and <clears throat> our heating and cooling systems should be the same way. Are there any clues that, you know, other than a diagnostic report from a maintenance technician, but how do you actually know when you need to get a new system and when pouring more money into repairs, you know, not an option anymore? Yeah, there's no hard and fast rule, but there are some things you can think about. The first is how old your system is. After your system is, if it's air conditioning, 10 years old or so, it's probably a good idea to have it evaluated. And you might want to give a little more credence to a contractor who's saying you need a new system. First of all, older systems tend to be less efficient because the regulations and the technology has changed in the last 10 years. And that means that when you put in the new one, you're going to start saving immediately and you'll save more. Also, it's closer to failing, and the last thing you want to do is replace your system after it's failed. The reason I say that is twofold. First of all, it's no fun to not have air conditioning in the middle of summer. But secondly, when you need to get air conditioning replaced in a day or two days, you're going to end up with the system that the contractor has. And that may not be the best system for your home, and it's not likely to be the most efficient system. Yeah, it's just what's on the truck, right? That's right. If your cooling bill goes up, it could be a clue that your system is in need of repair or replacement, but it could be several other things instead. First of all, if you've had any work done in your attic recently, uh, even an electrician, a, um, a pest control, anything like that, the folks walking around may have um, kicked or stepped on some of your ducts that deliver air to the different areas in your home, and that can really make a big difference to how well your system works. So that's the first thing to check, and you may want to have a, a contractor come out and check that. They're good at duct systems as well as the air conditioners that attach to them. So, Abigail, does it make sense, you know, for efficiency and money saving to leave your thermostat at one consistent temperature per the whole entire day and night? Or, I mean, is it better to adjust it as demand needs during the day? What's really the best approach? For most systems, the best approach is to adjust it as demands and needs change during the day. And that's because when nobody's there to keep cool, you don't want to use a lot of energy and put wear and tear on your system, working hard to keep a, an unoccupied home cool. Now, there are a few systems, if you've got a heat pump, you might need to have a kind of a thermostat that knows how to use it intelligently. But if you have a good thermostat, then your, your best bet, particularly in the cooling season, is to set back your thermostat so your system doesn't have to work as hard while you're gone. And we recommend four to eight degrees of setback. The more you set back, the more you'll save. And you can buy thermostats that will start cooling your house off before you get home so that you will not be walking into a hot home that's just starting to cool off. Makes sense. Abigail Dakin, the product manager for Energy Star. Great advice. And that's just a small sampling, folks, of the excellent advice that you will find on the Energy Star website, which is chock full with lots and lots of ways that you can be more energy efficient, more sustainable, and save money and be comfortable in your own home. And that website is energystar.gov. That's energystar.gov. Abigail Dakin, the product manager for Energy Star, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. 
All right, you know, there are more things that you can do to keep cool this summer than just replacing your air conditioning system, and some are even free. We're going to give you tips and advice on how to stay cool after this. wood staining projects in just one day with new flood one coat waterproofing finish better yet let us do it for you if you win the take it easy sweepstakes we will no purchase necessary see flood.com for official rules and to enter making good homes better welcome back to the money pit home improvement radio show i'm tom kreitler and i'm leslie segretti give us a call at 1-888-MONEY-PIT if you do you may just win an alarm clock that would wake up rip van winkle it's the sonic boom from sonic alert it can be as loud as 113 decibels and it can also make your bed vibrate to make sure there's no sleeping in in the morning especially if you got something to do like go to work or start your home improvement project if you'd like to win it it's worth 50 bucks going to go out to one caller that reaches us with their home improvement question. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Now we've got Joyce in Minnesota on the line. Who's got some unwanted house guests? You could call them. <laughs> Tell us what's going on in your Money Pit. Well, we uh, we have squirrels in our house. Um, they came in uh, during the winter when we were gone for three months, and so we we heard one running around in between the first and second floors uh, about in March. And then a little later, we heard lots of running around. So evidently, mom of babies. (laughs) (laughs) You got a whole family of squirrels. Yeah, now do you know where they're getting in, Joyce? Um, Yeah, we thought we found a a place yesterday down near the foundation, but I didn't want to block it while they're still in. Well, okay, so if you've got an open area by the foundation, um, what you want to do there is is sort of create a one-way door so it only works on the way out and not on the way in. Uh, if it's a hole in the foundation, you can cover it, for example, like with a uh, a piece of, of, of rubber, like a flapper. You know, that would be one way to do it so that they can get through it. They can push it out of the way, but then it sort of flops closed after that. Or a piece of uh, screening would do it as well, like a piece of uh, woven wire mesh so that they can get out, but they can't get back in. I would do that because we want to get them out first. And then when you have a pretty good idea that they're out, then just start repairing those holes one at a time. Right idea. Well, let's say you already have a very efficient air conditioner. If you do, you can still make it even more productive by following some simple cooling advice. First, we say it all the time, upgrade your insulation. How much do you need? About 18 inches, and very few of us have that. So if you don't, add more insulation. You know, a lot of people who live in warmer climates have ignored their insulation, thinking that it's just a shield from the cold. That's not so. Think about it. The same insulation that keeps the cold out in the winter keeps the heat from getting in in the summer. So bulk up on the insulation before the real heat arrives. Same applies to storm windows. Keep them closed in the summertime. Same cold air that comes in in the winter, hot air comes in in the summer. If you keep them closed, you will be more energy efficient because they're not just for cold weather and snowstorms. Mm -hmm. And you know what else you should do is draw your drapes or pull down your shades during the sunniest part of the day. It really does make a difference in temperature and can save your interior furnishings, floor, I mean, fabrics, everything from sun damage. Also, you want to make sure that your ceiling fan is spinning in the right direction. Your fan blade should turn counterclockwise for cooling, and you should also limit the use of heat-generating appliances like your clothes dryer and even your dishwasher to evening hours. 
All of that will absolutely help keep things cool. If you want to learn more, visit MoneyPit.com and search how to lower home cooling costs, and you'll get a ton of info there. 888-666-3974. Pick up the phone and give us a call right now with your home improvement question. Larry in Arkansas, you've got the money, but how can we help you today? Uh, yes. Uh, my question is I have a rolled linoleum floor in my bathroom, and the wife doesn't like it much. And it's been in there about eight or ten years, I guess. And um, I heard from a friend of mine uh, that there is a product on the market that is a 12-inch square self-adhesive tile that has a beveled edge on it that can be grouted. Is, is that a true thing, uh, meaning where I wouldn't have to put down the cement board base and all that? Uh, yes, they do have prefabricated tile that comes in sort of somewhat preassembled. But you know what? Why don't you think about doing a laminate floor? This would be a perfect scenario for that. And the laminate can look like stone or it could look like tile or it could look like hardwood. It could look like whatever you want. It's very uh, water resistant. And you could lay it down right on top of that linoleum. Okay, and I wouldn't have to put down the cement board base? No, no, it floats on top of the floor just like that. I mean, it's available in so many different looks, as Tom said. So, you know, just search them out online. Armstrong is a great brand. If you go to um, Lumber Liquidators, they have a ton of different manufacturers that they sell online. Just to get an idea of what's available, and it's at a variety of price points. Okay, and uh, Lumber Liquidators uh, handles that? Lumber Liquidators, Armstrong, Bruce, you know, there's a whole bunch of uh, manufacturers that make laminate today. All right, does this, is this a floating floor, or does it have to be yes. glued? Or? Nope, it's a floating floor, and the tiles will lock together. Oh, okay, all right. Okay, I think you've answered my question. Thanks for all the help. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Hey, are you new to the fantastic world of homeownership? Well, we have got some great tips to get you started on your very first project, but there's going to be a lot more. <laughs> We're going to share how-tos after this. Live in the Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Stanley Tools, your trusted name in quality hand tools. To learn more about their complete line of quality tools and everything for your toolbox, visit stanleytools.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, you like us on the radio, right? So make sure that you like us on Facebook. You're going to get a ton of great home improvement advice there. You're going to learn about our weekly prizes. You'll get links to shows and articles and videos. And also priority access to asking your question right here on the radio. Just log on to Facebook, find Money Pit, and like it. And while you are online, post a question in our community section, which is what Blake did, who says, what's the safest way to test to see if my house has lead paint? Well, first off, Blake, if your house was built before 1978, chances are it could have lead paint. Um, secondly, there is a type of test called x-ray fluorescence that's done by a lead testing company where they use a device. It looks like a ray gun, if you can imagine that. They hold it up against the wall. 
squeeze the trigger, turn on the switch, and it actually shoots through the walls and the number of different layers of paint there and can come back with a reading. Let's say that you do have lead in those walls. That's good information to have because you don't want to do any major renovation when you have lead that could be easily released and exposed to children. So if that's the case, you need to be very, very careful about the projects you do, and you need to use remodeling contracts that are certified uh, in lead safety before they start a project. And by the way, the standard for determining lead poisoning with kids is just going from 10 micrograms down to 5. So you want to be really, really cautious to make sure your kids are not exposed to this. Mm -hmm. And we all know that lead poisoning in young children leads to all sorts of learning disabilities and behavioral issues. So it's super important that you keep everybody in your home nice and safe. Well, this is the traditional time of year that homes are bought and sold. And for millions of Americans, that means being a first-time homeowner. So what do you need to know that us seasoned money pitters already do? Leslie's got the lowdown in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. That's right. Congratulations. Let me be the first to say congrats on your new home. Now you guys are the proud owner of your very first home. Now what? Well, like a baby, a home has to be cared for and loved. And as a first-time homeowner, it's your job, that's right, your job, nobody else's, to maintain your home year-round. So the first thing you've got to do is invest in the tools that you're going to need to do that. Now, a basic toolbox, which is pretty much what you've got to start with, should include a hammer, some screwdrivers, a pry bar, a level, and an adjustable wrench. If you want, you can add some power tools later good way to go would be a drill and a circ saw. Now, you've got to understand the basics of your home's mechanical system, so you need to make sure that you know where your water main line is and how to turn it off in an emergency. And once you know where that water main line is, put a big tag on it, label it, make sure everybody in the house knows just in case. You also want to get acquainted with your fuse box or your breaker box, whatever you want to call it. And remember that home ownership puts you in charge of covering all the utilities. Bills are going to come. You've got to pay them. Now, if the initial months in your new home really have given you sticker shock over power and water costs, you can take some steps to manage your energy dollars. And finally, even if you're in a brand new home that's under warranty, it is wise to have a contingency fund to cushion those curveballs that life can throw at you as a homeowner. They happen. Believe me. I stepped downstairs to my basement one day. Water was dripping out of the walls. Not fun. Save some money because as a homeowner, you are going to need it. If you want some more tips, just Google Money Pit first-time homeowner tips and you will get a list of things that you can tackle on your new home today. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Coming up next week on the program, this might be your favorite time of year. It's time to kick back and enjoy your deck if you're lucky enough to have one. But if you do, is your deck a safe place for your family to really be gathering? We're going to tell you how to check your deck for those danger signs on the next edition of the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a Money Pit.